is Gunnar Esaias, and then you are listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esaias Foundation and GunnarEsaias.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esaias and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Esaias Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, Gunnar Sison, back for another episode of uh, Breathe In with my lovely co-host, Tiffany Leah. How are you guys? We are lovely. Great How are you? I am doing well. How's I'm that? doing well. Thank you. Um, How was your birthday? Oh, my birthday. My birthday was great. My birthday was great. Thank yeah, you for asking. In the Medieval Times, did, yes. You, yes, did we your night win? Yes, you went to Medieval Times and the Green Knight. Yes, we were the Green, the green Knight won. So now, of the three times that I've been to Medieval Times, I've actually seen the winner all three times. It's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. amazing. You it's knew amazing. you were there. CF celeb status. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, so <laughs> today's real podcast is actually about organ donation. April is, as Tiffany will tell you, Organ Donation Awareness Month. Uh, and mm-hmm. we are pleased to be joined by another transplant recipient, uh, Nick DeBreezy. Nick, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Really excited to be here. Thanks for coming on, Nick. You are two and a half years post double lung transplant. Uh, you're yeah. 36 years old, so you're you're pretty old for a CF patient. If yeah. we're not gonna lie, um, <laughs> but you know what? Why, why do you why do you talk to us a little bit about uh, the path through transplant? Let's just jump right into it. Uh, yeah. You know, Tiffany told us about her uh, her path through transplant not not long ago. Um, yeah. So you know, I love hearing about uh, you know different stories through through that process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see my situation was a little different than most people with CF where I kind of lived with a low lung function for a very, very long time. Uh, I don't advise other people to do this, but <laughs> I, I think it was because I grew up exercising all, like all my life. So when I was like 20, I moved here from Chicago and at 21, I, I got like a pneumonia and I ended up in the hospital. Um, initially, that's what lowered my lung function from like 30%. It was always already low when I got here, but to like 23, 24%. At that point was when they first brought up transplant to me. So I started the whole process of getting listed, whatnot, uh, at, at that time. This was like, we're talking 2003, you know. That's a long time wow. ago. Okay. Long, long time ago. Like I said, I was, yeah. I was, I was 20 years old. And here know? is in California, wow. right? When That's you say so here. crazy. This is, no, this was in California. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I initially went to Cedar sinai but they didn't even have a CF clinic. I really didn't know what I was doing when I got here. And then they told me to go to USC, which was great, you know. And uh, so USC started pushing this transplant because most of the time when they see patients in that in that range of FEV1, yeah. right away they start saying, you got to start thinking about transplant. But mind you, I wasn't on any oxygen. I was still like boxing regularly. I was training. I mean, I was working out. You know, I, I, I boxed, you know, like just training boxing, like not like sparring or anything, but trained a lot, you know, like growing up and, you know, always been in the gym and whatnot. So I was fairly healthy for someone with 23% lung function. I mean, not that time when I was in the hospital, but when I got out. But I right. still, I, I listened to them because they're, they're, you try to listen to your doctors, you know. <laughs> and and I got in the, in the process of testing for it. But then I realized, like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just doing this way too soon. I wasn't ready mentally, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel physically either. I, I, I just like, if I'm not on oxygen, what am I going to get listed for now? You know, I don't, I don't, I think it's too soon. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm like the kind of guy, like I, I don't just necessarily go with the numbers. I go more about how I feel, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, yes. so, um, right. and then I waited, I got off the list at that point and I waited. Uh, and then in about, I, I got relisted. We're talking 13 years later. Uh, <laughs> So that's it, crazy. Yeah. That is insane. What yeah. what exactly. happened okay. in that thirteen year interval? Like how like were you know were you just a normal yeah. CF patient? You know what were I what was. was life like? Yeah, well, I I exercised a lot. Uh-huh. That was what kept me of I think that baseline, wow. and I never went above twenty five percent in thirteen wow. years. Wow. That's wow. crazy. I mean, that's... I don't know anyone really has done that. You know, I no. guess I'm really lucky, but. You know, I had a great support group. Uh, I worked. I mean, I tried to work as much as I could. I tried to stay focused on my health. I'm very responsible. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I really don't go out much. You know, I, I focus on my, you know, just doing healthy things, right. you know. Yes. I think that's what helped me. And then I have a really good, you know, positive attitude. That, that's my mentality. But, you I know. I think that helps a lot. Definitely. Oh, it does. Well, yeah. But no matter what, obviously, the disease is going to get to you at some point. And mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try. And I was always consistent. I, I used to take four nebulizer treatments and vest treatments 30 minutes each time pretty much every day i mean yeah. consistently and then right, in right. 2014 my lung function started going to like we're talking like 19% then 18% mm, then 15% now i'm in the hospital every 2 months every 3 months for iv antibiotics and the, mm-hmm. the other thing was i had a lot of hemoptysis mm-hmm. yes. uh, yeah, there was one episode. I know I feel Leah, you I, on that one. Yeah, I think we discussed this one. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, and I know, like, we had a similar experience where I, one night it was just like, literally, like a murder scene in my room. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> my, yeah Except you're the one being murdered, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. exactly. I'll never forget it. I was that. I, I had that was probably the scariest moment of my life, you know, uh-huh. because I could feel my lungs, like, just like. I'm drowning in my own blood, basically, you know. Yeah, right. And 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 we're like, we called an ambulance, uh, and the ambulance came to the house, and I'm like, can you guys bring me to USC? Because I was just, this is the first time I ever call an ambulance, and they're like, no, we got to take you to West Hills. I'm like, I'm not going to West Hills. I got to go to my clinic, and they're like, no, this is two in the morning. I said, well, listen, you guys, please leave then, you know. So I go, Frank, <laughs> driving you me. <laughs> so my brother, we got into sorry, ambulance people. Yeah, and my wife at the time we drove drove to USC. They don't have an emergency room, by the way. So we walk into the lobby. I walk into the lobby with a garbage bag full of blood. I go, guys, uh, I'm here. You guys got to admit me. And they're like, oh no, you got to go to County Hospital, you know. And oh, I'm like, my- ah, no, I'm not doing that. I, and I sat on the floor in the uh-huh. hospital. I don't recommend anyone to do this, by the way. This is really stupid. <laughs> Looking back, please don't ever do this. And they actually, I like forced them to admit me. Thank God. Um, <gasps> So, but anyway, that recited, that was okay. That was handled. And soon after that, I, I said, you know what? I got to start getting on the, get listed, get, do all the treatments or the, the testing for it. Yeah. Uh, and I decided from the advice from many people and from other transplant patients that advised me and that kind of mentored me, um, like my buddy Dominic was there, my buddy Patrick, they all went to Stanford and they did really well. Yeah. So I said to myself, if I'm going to go anywhere, I got to go to the best place possible. And one of the best places is definitely Stanford, you know, yep. which was really hard because of the fact that you have to relocate. I live yeah. in Los Angeles, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, it, it, it was definitely we had to do a lot to get to that point. Now, what was what was that process like? You know, what was what was it like to uproot your life and yeah. move to San Francisco? I mean, it's a, it's an unbelievable like moment, a time in my my life was like, first of all, I wasn't working. 
my wife at the time had like sh- shoulder surgery. She's a hairstylist and she wasn't working. So mm-hmm. now here we are and I have a house. And we're trying to pay bills for the house yeah. and here in Los Angeles. And then we have to relocate and we're going to Silicon Valley, which is the most expensive place in the country yeah. pretty much. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's I, awful. I, yeah. so, so bad. Well, I can't even imagine. The only option is fundraising. I mean, yes. what else could you do? And right. thank God uh, there are great nonprofits that have inspired me like you know, like the breathe, uh, like um, I'm sorry, Living Breath Foundation. Mm-hmm. That they're located over there, and actually, their daughter had transplant 11 days after me. Believe it yes. or not, uh, that's so yeah, crazy. Tiffany knows. So they helped me. Thank God for them. They're unbelievable. And mm-hmm. also, I fundraised like crazy. We fundraised. Mm-hmm. We had like four fundraisers, you know, wow. amongst my family and friends. One in L.A. Uh, my buddy Dan, who is also part of my nonprofit, he uh, has a, a Muay Thai gym. They did a fundraiser with all the guys from the gym. Uh, and then my family in Chicago did a fundraiser. Big fundraiser. We had like 300 people. That one was like a dinner wow. guy. And then my family in Italy, believe it or not, which a lot of them I haven't seen or talked to in 20 years, Aww. they contacted me. And this was the craziest part of it. They actually set up a soccer tournament in my hometown, in my family's okay. hometown, That's Sassano, amazing. Italy. That's so and, cool. Yeah. They had the the priest involved, the bishop involved, the town <laughs> uh, politicians involved. Oh, uh, wow. all, my cousins, there was like dozens of cousins, firemen, the police, they all had their own team. My cousins <laughs> had their team. The politicians wow. had a team, like the banks had a team and they did a tournament. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. You have a big family, I'm sure. Cool. Uh, Leah, I'm so <laughs> lucky. And, and it was because of all these people and all the support I got that I was able to go to you know Stanford and afford it, yeah. you know, because it's not that's just right. going there. You have to recover. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, right. And that's a process. And that and if you really got to focus on recovering, you can't worry about money or bills mm-hmm. and the stress of that because that that's what kills you. Stress. You know it that. It totally and, does. It just makes yeah. you mm-hmm. sicker. Exactly. And then you need more antibiotics, and then you get yeah. more resistant, and then you're in the you know, you need it's a vicious those, uh, cycle. You need those uh, new lungs, and yeah. thank God you got them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's like I said, it, it was a total community effort. Yeah. Uh, and and at the same time, I was filming, you know, a documentary, like just yeah. like kind of, you know, which was that was fun, and and that inspired me to push harder and do better because I wanted to to leave something for other people to be able to follow, like almost like a guide to how to do things for transplant, you know? <laughs> and and I wouldn't want like a sad ending. I wanted a happy ending, you know? <laughs> oh, exactly. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> but even if it was a sad ending, regardless, I wanted to leave something for the world to see mm-hmm. and be able to uh, inspire others, you know what I mean? Right. Well, so. yeah, just show the positive of lung transplant and how, yeah. you know, being a donor is so important and it can help people like you and I and live a healthy life, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll get to the documentary in a minute, but I want to talk about the actual transplant. And then we'll, you know, then we'll right. get into some of the other stuff you've done. But, um, you know, what what was that like? You know, the the final days before the transplant, and then obviously, you know, the the immediate aftermath. Right. So, um, well, first initially, I got a, a false alarm call. Mm-hmm. I was in, I was admitted at USC. I got listed on August. Fourteenth, uh, officially at Stanford. The first week of August, I went up there with my brother and my my uh, my wife at the time, and we did all the testing. I got listed a week later. The next day, I ended up in the hospital at USC because I had an infection again. Uh, Ten days after I was in, admitted in the hospital, I got my first call. Mm-hmm. I was the most emotional 
moment, probably of my like that I recall in my life. Like I was in tears. I was super mm-hmm. excited because at this point, I'm on oxygen 24/7. Yeah. I had a 10% lung function at that point. Wow. Uh, I was oh spitting blood, spitting blood like pretty much weekly. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I couldn't exert much, and and although I couldn't do much, I tried to s- keep my legs strong or do a little bit of like dumbbells mm-hmm. in the bed, whatever mm-hmm. I could do to stay yeah. a little as strong as possible because you gotta like prepare yourself for this transplant. It's a big fight. Right. And uh, and anyway, I got the call. They flew me to Stanford from the hospital, which was actually great because the insurance covers it if it's from hospital to hospital. Uh-huh. If not, if you're gonna take a flight, you gotta pay for that out of your pocket if you're right. if you're not in the hospital, you know. Right. So insurance covered it. That was perfect. I get to Stanford, they set me they they do the pre pre op stuff, you know, they shave my whole body. I'm a hairy master because I'm Italian. But <laughs> <laughs> they shaved my whole body, you know, and uh, they got me ready ready. I'm on the operating table, you know, emotional goodbyes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and four hours later they wake me up. I was, you know, I was, I was out, you know, they kind of like, I, I remember wow. being woken and they're like, Nick, Nick. And I wake up like, you know, like, I don't know what to expect, you know, because this is the first transplant right. I've ever been. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, this is I'm awesome. Up, like, and I noticed I'm still in the operating room, but I'm, you know, completely out of it. You know, I still right. have the anesthesia and whatnot. And I look at the guy and I said, what's happening? You know, he's like, I, and I, I'm like, kind of, and I realize I have oxygen. I realize I can't breathe. You yeah. know, what the hell happened? You know, he's like, I'm sorry, but the lungs that from the body were uh, were no good. There were nodules on them. Oh, so we couldn't okay. see, we didn't feel safe that it was a good a good idea. Yeah. So if you can imagine, you go from the highest of the high in yeah. like emotion right. and excitement, you know, and nervousness, but excitement because I'm ready to start my life over, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you get this kind of no- news and now I'm at Stanford sick. I'm in the middle of my, my tune-up really on mm-hmm. IV antibiotics. And I don't got nowhere to go. I got nobody up there. You know what I mean? It's just me and I was, at the time was my wife. We were just there by ourselves. And my parents were flying in from Chicago, even though I told them not to until we knew for sure. So they're already in midair. And they come and realize that we didn't, I didn't get a call, you know? Mm-hmm. So now we, the doctor's like, you guys got to stick around. You got to find something around here because, Nick, you're going to get a call soon. Like, you're high on the list, you know? Yeah. So we ended up in a, um, we're trying our hardest to get out of the hospital we had like a week, not even maybe five days to find a place to, to live. And because of the fundraising, we were able to go into a extended stay. Okay. Um, and, and that was $4,500 a month, wow. which sucked because we had no furniture, nothing, you know. Oh, my God. And then we waited. Uh, and then officially got my call October 17th. So this is like maybe two months later. Okay. And, right. uh, and again, I was really sick. My CO2 was super high. It was probably like... You know, in the 80s, regularly, oh. 70s and 80s, you wow. know. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was having high blood pressure. I, I was getting really disoriented, you yeah. know. Uh, I was home, though, uh, even though they were wanting to admit me a lot. But I was like, I just want to be home because I, I just do better at home, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, I get that. Right. So when I got the call, it was like 3 in the morning. <laughs> and and this is the weird thing. I had my phone for some reason on vibrate that night. Yeah. And I woke up maybe 20 minutes before I got the call, looked at my phone, and I don't know why I did this. I never do this. And I, I realized it was on vibrate. I put the volume up. If uh, I hadn't done that and wow. they would have called me, I would have missed that call probably. Uh, and so 20 minutes later, I get the call, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I pick up the phone. We have lungs for you, Nick. And, of course, <laughs> I didn't want to, like, over, like, get so emotional. This time it was kind of like I was ordering a sandwich. No big deal. I'm just going to go up there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, oh, then they're like, done this. Like, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to like, you know, now I knew that that could happen. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm an actor. So for me, the first time was kind of like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. You know? so, and, and, yeah. That, and I was able to handle the emotions of the second time, you know? Yeah. So calmly, I said goodbye to my dog, Dice, my son. And we left. <laughs> and uh, we went to the hospital. We got there like four in the morning. Again, they did the pre-op and everything. And uh, this time it was a go. I found out at like like 9.30 in the morning that it was a go. Oh, so that happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from three, I get there four, let's say, you know, where they're already doing the pre-op stuff. Uh, I talked to the anesthesiologist, blah, 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 and they said at 9.30, like, okay, it's going to be a go. And mm-hmm. we started around 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Now, the weird thing of the whole date, the date-wise, was my family in Chicago was doing their big fundraiser on that same evening. Oh, wow. And wow. we didn't want to call my parents or anybody because we didn't know for sure. Yeah. And I knew my parents were going to be at this fundraiser, and they were like organizing it with my brothers. I have two older brothers, Dominic and Frank. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we called my parents, and then of course they got on a plane immediately, and they left the the the, the dinner gala to be handled by my brothers and my grandparents. And yeah, so while I was going through surgery, here's my wife skyping live with <laughs> with like you know updates with a crew of like 300 Italians, emotional. <laughs> it's like banquet hall in Aww. Chicago. And you know, it was just an emotional, like crazy thing. I like, yeah, I had a camera guy videotaped like the banquet hall and all. And it was just incredible to watch, like how, how yeah. emotional they were, you know? And, yeah. and, and, you know, it was just like my, as she was Skyping in, we were in tears and I left, like I did a, a video before I went in just thanking them already, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and saying like a bunch of stuff to my family, you know, and being just grateful for what they've done, you know, whatnot. Yeah. And I, I went in with a real like sense of, um, I don't know, calmness, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I remember the doctor says, "What what kind of music? We're gonna play whatever music you want." I said, mm-hmm. "Put some Andrea Bocelli on." That was the last thing I ever heard. Andrea Bocelli, <laughs> well, not ever heard, but. Yeah. yeah. So you ever heard with your old lungs? With the yeah, old lungs. lungs. Last thing my old lungs ever heard. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool. Like, you know, I, and there we go. I went through the transplant six, about seven hours later. Uh-huh. I woke up. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, I didn't wake up, but they, they were done. And um, and then it was pretty smooth for a couple days. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not so smooth after that. Yeah. You want me to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah we're all yeah. in for us. Well, I mean, there. I was going to ask if you were going to ask. Yeah. So, um, the first day I sat up fairly quickly. They removed the, you know, the uh, the tube, exabate, whatever they call right. it. Uh, exabate. They, how do you say it? Re- exabate. 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 Yeah. So, I was good. I mean, everything was smooth, like, fairly quickly. Um, sat up, walked within, like, 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, although it was the heart, my legs were so swollen and everything. I was just like really bloated, um, fluids. Mm-hmm. So I walked within 12 hours. Everything was good. The next day was good. Now I couldn't sleep. So when I started like not being able to sleep, there, I mean, mind you, the, the, you're on like a drip of prednisone. So right. oh, yeah. I don't know how you guys are with prednisone if you've been on it, but when I'm on like 20 milligrams, number one, I want to kill people. Number two, I'm like super emotional. Yeah, like, you're, you're I don't know oh, I'm you're definitely so not emotional. Alone there. Yeah, that is. I eat a ton. Oh my god. And dude. I don't sleep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm already. I already wear my like emotions on my sleeve. Imagine that right. ten times ten, right? 
So oh now I can't fall asleep because I'm like, you know, rattled yeah. with all Liar. the old... rock. It's yeah. insomnia. It, yeah. You cannot and, sleep. You have all I, that stuff with you. Exactly. On and, you. Then, and I never, in my life, I never took a pain pill. I never did a drug. Mm-hmm. Even when I was in pain. But they give you pain pills to obviously for what you just went they through. They have to. Like they, right. For me, it was they had to saw the sternum. So they went up and down. I don't know how you went, Tiffany. Yep, you that's what they did to me. So... Uh, and that's a little bit more painful than doing the other way, you know, cross the shell. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess it's easier to access this way. Yeah. And uh, it depends on the doctor, whichever doctor. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, that's the surgery that does it's it. It's easier. I, uh, we sit here talking about it as if like yeah. we could actually do that, you know. That's yeah. Like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could just do a yeah, double just, lung transplant, you know. no big deal. <laughs> they told me that it was a. Uh, it depended on the surgeon, whoever was right. doing it would. Yeah. Because I asked them right. I think I asked them. When I was waiting, because I waited like thirty something hours to go into the OR, oh, but wow. I was yeah. like, "So, do I get the sternotomy or do I do the clamshell?" They're like, yeah. "Well, it depends on the surgeon." So, yeah. Yeah. let me guess. You had Dr. Lee. Do you remember? No, I had Boyd. Oh, Boyd. Okay. So, um, yeah, I woke up. That is, that is Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Lee <laughs> and I are on so, the outside here. Good for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so woke up. I'm in pain. I'm on all these pain pills I've never been never had in my life. I couldn't sleep, so now they get the psych people coming in, they're giving me sleep medication. It's a combination of this, combination of that. I've never had to deal with any of this. And I start hallucinating. Oh, um, yeah. I went Very seven real. days from day two to like day nine, no recollection whatsoever of anything. Mm-hmm. Um That's crazy. I'm, I, I have footage of me like was, literally talking. That was my next question. Do you have any of it on video? Yeah, I have some like talking to myself. Like my brother-in-law is coming in, and he's like you know talking to me in Italian, and and I'm yeah. like like you know my, I have to wear my sunglasses all the time, and 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 my I remember my hallucinations. Here's Nick and his imaginary friends. I, I remember mine yeah. very well. Yeah, yes. mine too. I was in. You ever see the movie Harlem Nights? I don't know if you ever seen. With Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Uh, Imagine like a a social club with a bunch of gangsters playing craps. Like, that's what I was in. I was in that situation. (laughs) Yeah, you and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. And like a bunch of crew. Like like in the 1920s, a bunch of gangsters just playing craps. That's what we were doing. And uh, and then at one point, I guess I lost my mind. And I must have like attacked this male nurse, I guess. I don't remember this. But they Mm -hmm. told me. And I I supposedly headbutted him because I thought he was like grabbing my wife. Uh, yeah, this is how crazy I got. And uh, they had to call security. They separated me. Um, and then... Um, well, at least you had they, a lot of energy right after transplant, right? At least you're, re- at least you're ready to go. Like, I mean, that, if, there's a, if, there's a, if there's a blessing or a diamond here in, in this story, it's that. So, yeah, but that, like, that's scary to find that out. Right, yeah. And they're telling you these things, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, so I immediately apologized to the guy because I'm like, I, I got to talk to this guy. Like, I can't believe I did that. And anyway, right. but when, when they did, they had to strap me down because although I obviously had some strength, it's dangerous because I still have like three different IVs going, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got when chest they, tubes. You got all right. of that going oh, yeah. on. Yeah. When they strapped me down, um, I thought I was in Guantanamo Bay. That was the hallucination I had. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I was being tortured in Guantanamo. Yeah, that was another hallucination that I remember vividly. It's not that funny, was, but, you know. Yeah. No. I know. It's crazy. Oh, man. So, I put it all together afterwards when they were telling me like what happened, how I was strapped. I'm like, oh my god, it's why I was thinking I was in Guantanamo Bay. Oh, yeah, so, you had quite the trip around the world. You really did. So uh, anyway, after that, uh, I ha- I actually did go into respiratory failure again, and mm-hmm. they had to re- reintubate me. And then they, 
excavated, I can't say the word, excavated. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Just say they took the tube out, the tube you know. Out. And then within like, and then my, my wife was like, listen, he's never been on pain pills, never been on any of these psych drugs. Take him off of everything, please. And Dr. Patel, I don't know if Tiffany, if you met Dr. Yeah. Patel when he was there. I loved he's him. gone now. Yeah, I loved him. He took me off of everything. He's like, just let him, that's what they want. Let take it off. Mm-hmm. And although I was in severe pain, I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and from that moment on, I was smooth sailing for me. Yeah. You know? uh, that was already day like 11. And I stayed in for another like nine, 10 days. You know, so yeah. I was in the hospital for like 19, 20 days. Yeah. Um, and in- yeah, it was, uh, I went home and I just, again, I just focused on walking every day. I just increased it like little by little. Like I would walk in the hospital first day, maybe, you know, maybe a, a 30 seconds, the next day a minute, next day like three minutes, next day five minutes. And I kept doing that until I got to like, you know, an hour, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And that's what I did. Uh, it, it started small because you can't lift more than 20 pounds, yeah. they say, for, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was more like walking on a treadmill, hiking. Um, I found this. Well, actually, Tiffany, I saw a picture where you were there. You remember in uh, Foster City? Yeah. That, that outside walking area where the bocce ball yeah. courts were? Yep. Yeah, that's where I would walk with my dog and, and my wife yeah. at the time. Just walk there. It was just so beautiful. I had the best it's such place. a nice area. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I lived right there. I lived right there. And then so. you did the harmonica. I, I remember that. You were playing that in the hospital. I do play the harmonica. I wish I would have had it. I would have played you guys a tune. I'm really good at piano. <laughs> man. So, yeah, I, uh, I played harmonica. It was something I loved, like, back in the day, and I, I just couldn't do it that well because of my lung function was so low. So now <laughs> I can't do it. it like, we can't breathe it. I mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's kind of difficult. It's, it's yeah. a requirement for the instrument. Yeah. So, that, it's unbelievable. It's a great exercise for the lungs, though, you know? It really yeah. is. They've told me to get one before just yeah. to exercise my lungs. I recommend it for other CFers that are watching. No joke, harmonica or flute yeah, yeah, or like, it's, you know, anything real. that's any kind of instrument that's like, you know, you have to blow your Easy. lungs. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of what I went through. And I was up north uh, for about six months mm-hmm. before I moved back. Okay. So a total of like nine months from the first call and then waiting and then the second call and then you know, and I made some great friends. I, I loved it. I loved it there. I really loved it. You know, and I, I, I did have some setbacks. Like I had to do a fund application surgery. I'm not sure if you guys know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, the listeners may not know, so go for oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a lot of acid reflex. They do this test. They test your acidity mm-hmm. level. They don't mm-hmm. want your your lungs to aspire, you know, the, the acid to get into the lungs and cause um, rejection. So right. they recommend doing a fund application surgery. Now, I was already on omeprazole and whatnot, but this is to, to resolve that problem. So what it is is they tie a lot of big words here. A lot of big words here. Yeah, <laughs> they, tie the, they tie the stomach around the esophagus tight, mm-hmm. so your esophagus is tight, so you're you you don't get like acid reflex anymore, basically. Okay. And it's it's uh, uh, it's not it's laparoscopic, right? Um, yeah. So another uh, big word. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and they word. don't have to like. It's not really it's not invasive per se. It's not exactly. Invasive. It's yeah. just like a little tiny, you know, Holes, yeah. opening. Yeah. yeah. But they, they told me that I was going to only have three little scars. I woke up with six. I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> and they did they twice. They did it twice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But they did tell me they corrected a hiatal hernia. I had like a hernia that's like in the. Oh, back. Okay. They had to correct that too. So okay. ever since then, it's been better. But I do have issues. When I eat, I actually end up regurgitating a lot. 
because it's so mm. tight. I think they, they did a little too tight. Uh, that's right. what they're saying. And I, I actually end up puking if I don't like eat slowly or, oh, wow. or, just, or just cut my food like small. Like I love steaks. I got I to gotta be careful with steaks now. You know? Right, yeah. Um, sort of like so, having gastroparesis. It kind of does a similar thing. Exactly. Yeah, I actually had yeah. that. You did the uh, test. I know the big word. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I mean, like I said, there were complications. But to be honest with you, if I had to do it 100 more times, I would do it 100 more times. I, yeah. I am right now doing the best I've ever done in my life. I'm able to That's do awesome. more I've ever been able to do in my life. I mean, I went from barely walking 10 feet and spinning blood to being able to jog and like i never jogged in my life i never hiked in my life i never went on a hike we don't hike we're italians we don't hike like, do stuff for me. Like, i mean i mean now i'm able to i i, I go i did muay thai i'm boxing i'm hitting the speed bag i have a speed bag in my office you can't see it i, I don't want to turn the computer but i hit the speed bag like six rounds a day you know i mean in the gym i just i mean I'm, i have energy i'm able to do what i was never able to do before in my life so right there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel for people that are scared. That's amazing. And, yeah, and I was petrified. Believe me, I waited. And I, I waited think anyone too. would be. You of know, course, it's normal. You know, right. Um, but it's not the end. It's the beginning of something new. That's yeah. all. Exactly. And and like you know, if you go into it with a, a positive attitude and a strong mentality and a and a passion for life and a love for what what you have around you, you can't lose. That's the combination for success, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yep. um, Completely agree. Yeah. And, and, and then when you have such a support group and you saw all these people fighting for you, and not to mention the sacrifice of a donor, of, of that, that kind of a decision an organ donor has made, you're not just fighting for yourself, you're fighting for them. And you don't want something like that to go to waste because there's another family that's really, really miserable every October 17th. And you have to remember that and think about that when you go on with your life as a post-transplant patient. Mm -hmm. And that's why you, I mean, for me at least, for me to deal with that, I want to help other people. And that's how I've kind of, what I've kind of done since I've been transplanted is, is I've taken steps to do that. And, uh, and that's what I want to continue to do in my life. Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, I know you've set up, uh, you know, two things. You have the, the Breathe Like a Boss Foundation and then also your, your Fight Like a Boss documentary. You know, yeah. let's, let's, let's talk about the documentary bit. Is that, you know, is that when, when did you decide you wanted to do that? And how, you know, how did you jump into it? Yeah. Uh, and what, you know, what are you sort of looking to achieve with it? And how can someone watch it? Right. Okay. Uh, I decided, like I said, I'm an actor. I moved here to L.A. to be an actor, you know. Um, so I've always had that that thing, the, that bug, you know, that I wanted to be in the entertainment business and whatnot. And I thought to myself, like, if, like I said, if I'm going to go through this whole thing, uh, which is kind of morbid and like, there's a lot of like way they talk to you about it. It sounds terrible. You know, I said, I, I mean, like you just, you don't think they're very, not very tactful when they explain everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, I need something to like inspire me to want to do this. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that, that doing a documentary about it would kind of, help me in a sense, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I just posted on Facebook. We're talking like maybe three months before I decided to get listed. So we're talking like May or June of 2015. Okay. And I said, anybody want to just film me as I go through this? And I knew a lot of people in the entertainment business and whatnot. And this really cool girl, Jenny Marrero, who I'm uh, good friends with, she, uh, she was producing a movie that they filmed in my house uh, not too long before. And she said, I, I would do it, you know? And I said, great, you know, and we're, we're kind of like all new to this. We never did documentaries, you know, so we just kind of learned as we went. 
And then she got this guy, Daniel Pineros, involved. He's the director and editor. And so it was Jenny Marrero, Daniel, myself, and uh, we have, you know, different people that started joining music-wise, and uh, we, we just got friends and other people involved. And uh, before you knew it, we were filming the whole thing. Like, basically, just whenever we could, we would film um, and, uh, and ex- filming the experience and some of the important parts of it. We couldn't film a lot of things because there was, you know, like we couldn't film the surgery, whatnot, stuff like that. But it was more about like, initially it was just going to be like about the process of waiting for transplant and like the fundraising and like the love and the support and, and the emotional roller coaster of it, you know. And then I got the call, you know, and so we had all that in there, you know. And uh, so it takes you from the beginning, from when I'm li- getting, I'm actually in the hospital and like being sick and just getting listed to going to Stanford, getting going through the testing to all the way after I got my second call. Uh, even it's got the parts of the first call and that that's crazy like the emotional me flying from USC to Stanford I got all that stuff and it's um it's an amazing story it's actually going to be so helpful and educational for a lot of people that are going to go through uh, transplant as well um, right. and yeah and then it kind of has a I don't want to ruin it, but you guys can see me, so obviously it has a happy ending. Uh, yeah, you're still here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, this is not this is not Nick the Breezy's twin. This is actually me. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate, and and so now we're getting it in the film festivals, uh, and um, it's we just got accepted in the two festi- festivals only two weeks, two and a half weeks ago. Oh, wow. Those are our first two that we've got accepted into, and we actually won uh, both of them for best documentary and. Best of festival on both of them. That's so, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Which, which festivals? Uh, it was the First Glance Film Festival and Hollywood Screenings Film Festival. Oh, cool. Great. Uh, and now we submitted to um, a whole bunch more because we feel like maybe we can get into others, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're waiting. Now, April 30th, we find out about Las Vegas, San Francisco. Um, we got one in um, Catalina Island, just because I want to go to Catalina Island, so I figured it'd be a good excuse. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like submitting the ones that I want to go. You should do one out here so I can go. Yeah, yeah a great business yes. event. <laughs> I know. So we're just waiting now, and then through that, hopefully, we can get a distribution deal, mm-hmm. and where everyone could see it. You know, obviously, ideally, you want to try to get it on Netflix or, or Hulu or whatnot. Um, not that easy, but. If we can't get a distribution deal through someone else, which is the goal, and the bottom line is, it's it's raising awareness for cystic fibrosis and the importance of being an organ donor, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the more people see it, the greater that the possibility is going to be, and it's okay. only going to help people, sure. you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's an honor of my donor, uh, and like I I wrote to my donor, you're allowed to write to your donor's family, six months after, and I I, I sent the letter, and uh, my dream is to meet the family, you know. But they didn't respond, but I'm going to keep sending letters. And if one day I get to meet them, I want to be able to be like, this is what I've done yeah. because of your daughter. I know it's a girl and I know she's like around 30 years old. Oh. Uh, that's all I know. Yeah. They told yeah. you that? They, yeah, one of the doctors kind of mentioned it. I don't think he was supposed to, but I won't say any names. <laughs> <laughs> your se- your, se- your <laughs> secret is safe here. Everyone keep that to yourselves. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like. Like, come on, you gotta tell me something. Come on, come on. I was right. like, Bust, I would want to know too. Like, I, well, like, I think it's so important to know. I don't know. I, I think it too. is. Yeah, I want to know what what they did, who they were. You know, like, who's right. my, who's it, who am I? Who do I have inside? <laughs> you know what I mean? like, and you want to honor them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. totally. I think I would want to know, and I'd want to connect with the family too. Sure. I I totally yeah, agree. Definitely. I need to write mine. 
Yeah, just Tiffany, you do. I told you I'd help you with it. You got to get to it. I know. I know. Right. I, I was supposed to remind her like every day. Emotional, oh, very emotional. Oh, very emotional. I was, my papers got tears all over, dude. I'm not oh, even I'm kidding. Sure. I was, yeah. uh, and, but the thing is, the social worker has a lot of uh, really specific rules. Like, yes. I wrote like probably like six pages, uh, you know, and yeah. I think you know this. Dude. And uh, I just like poured my heart out. I said, I'm, just, I'm not going by the rules because I don't really go by rules. So I wrote, <laughs> like, six obviously, and, uh, I sent it to the social worker. I said, Listen, this is what I want to send. What do we need to remove? She literally came back and it ended up like being like two pages long. So can't have this, can't have that. I'm like, well, What am I supposed to do here? I got to redo yeah. the whole thing. Do they and, really uh, have to screen it before you send yeah. it? They, they, oh, yeah, um, they screen okay. it. I didn't know oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Can't put your name, can't put the hospital you were transplanted, can't well, put you the can dates. Put your first name, right? You just can't put your last. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe first name. I, I don't. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, maybe first name. Can't say anything about God or thank God or anything like that. But they don't want yeah. to offend anyone. They, right, there's just right. so many rules that you have to abide by that it, mm-hmm. it changes the whole letter. But whatever. I, I still sent it, and I was hoping they respond. But I understand because it's a hard thing. You it's know what I mean? Like, grieving yeah. time for them. Like I understand totally. Yeah. Hold, how hold soon? Hold. How soon after did you write them? Uh, they told me six months. I wrote it oh. right exactly six months. Okay, I think it's different everywhere for some reason. Yeah, I thought it wasn't a year, so but maybe I was wrong. I don't know. I've heard other people say that it was a year, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I spent it six months, and they supposedly delivered it. So um, yeah, like I said, I don't really know if they delivered or not. It goes Mm -hmm. through. uh, I think is it through Unos Tiff? Do you know? Um, United Network. I thought it was organ sharing. Yeah, it might be Unos or it's Donate Life. Yeah. It's one of those Just websites of those. that they get, they take it and they're kind of like the middleman. They they mm-hmm. deliver it to the family. You know? mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And like, if the family is not does not speak the same language, they'll translate it for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't even oh, think about that. Yeah. Wow. That that yeah. is that is something you don't think about at all. Yeah, it's yeah. very real though. Yeah. Yeah. Very real. Very. So now, out of the out of the documentary, is that where the the foundation came from, or your charity? You know um, what? What you know? How did that evolve? Well, that evolved because. Like I said, for me, it was so many people helped me. And mm-hmm. and honestly, I was inspired a lot by the the, the, the Living Breath Foundation. You know, they mm-hmm. uh, and, and I mean, people like you guys, like the your your father's foundation and your foundation. I mean, like all these people, the CF Foundation. I mean, like I grew up, I, I did a lot of speaking for CF Foundation, Make-A-Wish Foundation. I had mm-hmm. a Made-A-Wish and I do a lot of speeches for them. And, and like all, all, of, all of that, like you, you, you see people do well. And I'm, I believe in karma. I believe, like, I don't know, you do good and good things will happen to you, you know? I agree with you. And, yep. and I mean, that, that's kind of a rule I live by. Um, so I said I have to do something to honor my donor besides the the uh, the, the film. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I decided to go with, stick with the theme of <laughs> breathe like a boss, you know? I like to say, and that was something I always said, like, I, I'm going to fight like a boss. I'm the boss of cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis isn't the boss of me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the I mentality like that. I, yeah, that's the mentality I, 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 I deal with every day. Like that's my mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of why I'm alive and one of the older, like you said, old geezers of the CF community. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that in the most endearing way possible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I think it's a compliment. Believe me, I, I plan on living to at least seventy. <laughs> I think that's a good plan. That's my plan too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's why I started to breed like a boss. And also, my parents, I have them to thank also because from an early age, 
me and my brothers, I have two older brothers, so I grew up in a very competitive family, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. and you can't, oh, you can't tell at all. You can't tell at yeah. all. <laughs> it doesn't come across at all. We always wanted to beat each other in whatever sports we did. And, you know, although my parents were told when, you know, 1981, 1982, when I was diagnosed, that I was going to live in, in my early teens, my parents might, were like, you know what, we're going to involve him in all the sports just like the other brothers. He's going to live a normal life, as normal as possible. And that's what my father and mother did. I mean, they worked their, you know, what off just to be able to support us and put us through sports. And, uh, and I mean, when I say sports, on a Saturday, we went, we did this. 9 a.m. tennis, 11.30 taekwondo, 1 o'clock swimming, 4 o'clock <laughs> boxing. This is all wow. every Saturday. That's every crazy. Then during the week, I would have soccer with, with my, through my school yeah. and basketball. So yeah. I played like all sorts of sports, you know, and I was always the smallest guy in the field, but with a big heart, you know, because my brothers were so competitive. Like I didn't care like how small I was. I wanted to win, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's that competitive edge is what also helped me throughout my life. And that's why I wanted to do something with with exercise related exercise because mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a huge component. Oh, to, definitely it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. for 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 Seattle, it's a I mean, game changer. Well, either pre. A pre-transplant <clears throat> and post-transplant totally Definitely. exercises key. <clears throat> no mm. doubt about it. Yeah. So, and the problem is, unfortunately, there were times where I moved here and, you know, I was focusing on on trying to, you know, do my my thing career-wise, and, and I couldn't afford sometimes to go to even the gym. You know, what I mean, like yeah, uh, sixty seventy dollars a month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's expensive. Right. And uh, and I was fortunate enough to get the help that I needed to be able to buy some equipment. I have a treadmill. You can't see it, but. Next to me here on my right is a treadmill. Right in front of me is like a, a Gold's Gym like weights thing. And then there's a speed bag. So I have that all in my little office. Here. And yeah. that's what I used when I got back as much as possible because I also didn't want to necessarily go to the gym, you know, right away. Um, because because of the, I was immune suppressed, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the germs are horrible. Right. So, and that's part of what my foundation we want to do too. We want to be able to help people that are like post-transplant, like maybe they don't want to go to the gym. So maybe we can, you know, get them a treadmill or even a, a bike or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, anything in their house. You know what I mean? So that's also what, what we plan on doing with this. And, and how can people get involved? Well, the website is www.breathelikeaboss.com. Uh, I have a uh, Facebook page. I think it's the Breathe Like a Boss Foundation. Breathe mm -hmm. Like a Boss Foundation. Uh, and then also my the documentary is uh, Fight Like a Boss Film. And that's also on Instagram, Fight Like a Boss Film and Fight Like a Boss Film for Facebook. Um, and the documentary, hopefully, we'll be able to see it in the future if, if we get distribution. Or if we don't get distribution, we'll probably try to distribute it ourselves eventually. Cool. cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's the Nick, thanks for joining us. We're, we're just about out of time here. Um, so in honor of Organ Donation Awareness Month, you know, we'll give you the last word here. Um, you know, is there anything you want to say to people that are, you know, sort of thinking about looking at transplant in the next couple months here or maybe just been listed? You know, is there any sort of parting word of advice uh, that you want to give? And Tiffany, I think you should say something as well, too. Yes. Um, well, I would say I understand it's a scary thing. Um, it's emotional. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Nothing in life is easy. But um, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, um, you're going to see a different perspective on life, a better and greater appreciation for life, and 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 you're going to just live life a hell of a lot better than from the time that you were listed. And if you could imagine not having to ever 
do another. I mean, I haven't done one nebulizer treatment. And I went from four. That's four and a half hours a day taken from my life to four and a half hours liberated. Like I can do whatever I want now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's such an amazing thing, and it's this isn't this isn't it doesn't happen to everybody. I mean, I am lucky. I'm very lucky, yeah. but the risk the risk is way worth taking, because mm-hmm. if you can go from the extreme that I went to to where I'm at now, believe me, the light of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel is going to blind you. I mean, and and but the most important thing you have to have a positive attitude. I always say yes. that my cup. Some people say their cups have empty. Some people say their cups have full. My cup has free refills. That's my line. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's and, and I like that one. I like that one. That's that. the mentality you got to have. Like, yeah. You know, just push through it. Don't give up. I always say, never give up. I don't know if you can see that. Never give oh, up. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love it. it. I yep. fight like a boss hat. So I, I have these little reminders to, to keep going, you know. And, mm-hmm. and that's the mentality you need. And, you know, just be grateful. And, uh, yeah. and remember your donor when you do get transplanted. Definitely. The, honor them, you know, whatever decision you make in life after that. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. And organ donation is so important. I think that everyone should definitely consider it because just seeing how it has affected me and Nick is such in a positive way. And for everyone like waiting or getting on the list, it's it's amazing. It's going to be hard. And every transplant is different. So I've gotten a lot of messages recently about comparing themselves to other people um, that have gone through transplant and I just tell them you know everybody's different so definitely it's your journey and it's all worth it to breathe for sure so sign up to be an organ donor and if anyone's looking and watching this and never needs like advice or needs someone to talk to about transplant I'm definitely available anyway i will call i will pick up the phone and call you talk to you for hours and hours you it's really different. will though you really I will through her process of oh, transplant yeah. especially in the first week or so you know what i mean yeah. because <laughs> i was just as confused i know i can imagine i know it's tough and that's I why i had i had that i was fortunate enough to have that with my buddy dominic and patrick's wife nicole our girlfriend nicole and patrick and like you know so and i Went through transplant with Kayla. She was three days after me, and Melissa eleven days after me, and we kind of like worked with, uh, together, like a group of friends. were able to pick up the phone and help each other. You know, yeah. it's right. so, important. That. so yeah, important. So important. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Nick, thanks so much for joining. Um, we'll we'll be on the lookout for the film. Uh, remember, you can get a hold of the the Breathe In podcast. You can check us out on Instagram. Tiffany, what's the Instagram? It's at Breathe underscore in underscore pod at breathe in pod on instagram you can also check us out on facebook instagram tw- uh, twitter if remember if you're listening on itunes to subscribe rate and review that's very important yes very important to subscribe five rate, stars yes, five stars and, we, and a review and a review and a review um all right so we'll see you next week nick thanks for joining us my man thank you guys thank you gunner so much i appreciate it guys take care <laughs> bye bye, bye.